We've had a couple of interviews before with the team from Westbrook Alternative Asset Management. And that's really what people are looking for nowadays, not just going into the, well, the hardy annuals, which in many cases have been poor performers, but looking for something special, looking for something different, something innovative. And certainly Westbrook does that. Richard Asherson from Westbrook will be bringing us up to date on the opportunities that are available, particularly in hard currencies. And there we're talking about the UK. Hi, Richard. Good to be talking with you again. Uh, We've had conversations um, in the past, you and I, and then we've also spoken uh, with colleagues of yours a couple of times. And it's it's an interesting alternative to people putting their money into banks, into savings accounts, maybe um, trying to put money overseas into, into areas where they're not too sure how well it works. But you guys have, uh, well, you call yourselves alternative assets, and you've really specialized, or rather we'll be talking today about a specialization in lending money um, as a, as on a group basis almost, going into areas where banks have been... Uh, operating in the past, but have kind of neglected it. And particularly now, I suppose, hard currency and the UK. When did you start moving into this area? So I've been lending pretty much my entire professional career, starting out at Investec and then moved to Westbrook to to help set up uh, the asset management business. Um, And and we've been doing, I guess, lending or downside-focused capital investing uh, since 2015. So you've built up quite a lot of data on how it all works, I guess, and particularly when we talk about the UK. Yeah, I guess Westbrook, you know, is a multi-asset, multi-strategy manager and advisor of alternative assets, right? So that could be anything from private credit, which is the main topic for discussion today, through to real estate and private equity. And I guess one of our main differentiators is that we have a history of being an operator and owner of assets. And therefore, have a very different lens to which we look at risk um, versus a traditional banking uh, environment. Um, so, you know, we we have a bit of a unique gateway into private markets and alternative assets, um, and we try and look at risk differently and try and mitigate risk differently. So, we as Westbrook get an asymmetry of return, which we can speak about more in the conversation. So, who do you lend to? lend to a whole host of different borrowers um, for various different reasons. Uh, they are typically well, uh, well-established well um, sponsors or entrepreneurial management teams that are either acquiring a business or an asset, and they require funding for that. Um, or in other instances, that they need growth funding, either for an acquisition or for some organic uh, capacity. Short term? Medium term, more and more as we've grown within the UK market, we've become more of a medium term lender. We are still more expensive um, from a cost of capital perspective than the traditional high street lenders. So there is a natural evolution that we tend to get refinanced by the high street banks as these businesses grow and um, become you know, more high street lending ready. So does that mean that 
businesses and perhaps property purchases would come to you because they need the cash now or they need the funding now and then uh, refinance it at a, at a cheaper level when they've had time? It really does depend. Often it's more speed and flexibility that they're looking for, especially on acquisition. Um, so the UK market is slightly different to the SA market where the SA market from a property lending perspective is dominated by the, you know, the big five banks. Um, and they're generally servicing clients at all levels, whether it's a million rand purchase to a hundred million or a billion rand purchase of a portfolio. Whereas in the UK, we pull, you know, there is what we call the forgotten middle, where is there's a specific type of sponsor, a specific type of transaction, where it kind of falls between the cracks, and it's not like high 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 street uh, vanilla, where it goes through kind of the traditional credit scoring kind of tick box mentality, um, but it's also not big enough for it to go through to the large corporate investment banks, and that's the area we focus on, and those are. You know, uh, I guess ranges of between kind of five to twenty million pound type deals that we're working on, um, and often they require the funding and certainty of funding within a much shorter period of time than the banks can deliver in this environment. So they need to move fast, especially in an environment we're in now, where there are opportunities, but you need to move quickly to take advantage of those opportunities. They need a banking or a lending partner like ourselves to help them deliver on that. How big a portfolio do you have? So we're managing about 40 to 50 loans in our portfolio at any given point in time. Um, we like to have diversification, especially when you are a downside-focused fund. You have no, we have no upside. Right? Diversification is a natural mitigant to risk. And how do you know that you're not going to blow it? In other words, what kind of due diligence is done before you lend money out? So there's there's the the typical due diligence that you would do, which we can talk about. But then it's, you know, I think Westbrook has a, we call it the Westbrook investment and risk philosophy and framework. And we have a very specific way of assessing risk. And we have a very specific, um, I guess, it's, it's, it's our culture, really, around risk that we look at. And I can talk, maybe we can spend a bit of, about that, but, you know, Simplistically, we look at kind of three things and we can dive into a lot more detail, but like it starts with the character of a person. So we, I often refer to it as the three C's. We start with character and it starts with the character of the borrower. Um, and, and that goes through to many different things, but character, alignment, um, their track record and how we evidence all of those things. And I'm very fortunate. I got to work with some of the best credit minds in South Africa and there was, a, there was an old saying that, you know, you, you could have the best security in the world, right? And the best asset in the world. But if you lend to someone who doesn't want to pay you back, you'll never get your money back. The converse is true as well. If you lend to someone who is, is good, no matter how bad the situation gets, they will do everything in their power to get you your capital back. Um, so the first thing for us is we need to reference and touch and feel the people we're lending to. We need to be able to reach out to our network, which has now grown over the last seven years since we've been in the UK, and make sure that we are dealing with uh, reputable people. And then we need evidence of their track record to actually show that they can do and deliver on the business plan or the acquisition strategy that they are intending to do. Um, that's our starting point. Then we go into what we the next C, which is cash flow, right? And in 
in this environment, but in every environment, cash flow is is core to every lending philosophy. And we need to be able to establish that that is sustainable. Um, and we need to be able to secure that cash flow. Um, and then the third is collateral. And and we are slightly different. We look at the first two Cs first, rather than, the, and then we look at the asset almost as a secondary, because if you don't tick the character box and you don't tick the cash flow box, no matter how good the asset is, we're not lending against it. Um, and and then you look at the collateral, and that goes into, you know, third party due diligence, valuation reports, um, all the normal reports and title, and all the normal governance and, and security structures you would have in the banking environment. We are taking in, you know, as Westbrook built plus in our funds. Um, but there, that maybe just gives you uh, maybe a little bit. But more to this is that when you have only downside, which is the the concept of a loan, because you have a fixed return, you have a fixed upside, there is no point in taking capital loss risk. So all the risks that we tend to take in the fund are other risks, and we tend to mitigate those in various ways. Have you had any bad debts? Have you had any loans that have gone wrong? Yeah, we've, we've had stress um, in the portfolio. I think if, uh, if you don't have a certain amount of stress in the portfolio, you're probably under-trading and not taking enough risk. I think the challenge of of being in the investment game is you have to balance that risk with the appropriate risk-adjusted return that you're getting, and then you need to have the right team and the right people around you to manage that risk. Um, we have had issues in the past. We've managed those issues, I think, pretty well. We, we've had three transactions where we've provided against in our history of the fund over seven years. Those are all predominantly COVID-related. Um, sadly, one we had to write off. Uh, it was less than 1% of the portfolio, which goes to the diversification of the portfolio being key to, to our strategy. Um, the other two, we successfully managed out. Right? And I think that's really important in the way that you have to operate as a lender in this environment. You need to embed all the early warning signs, all the monitoring and covenant protections, and the, all the abilities to step in and really take control of the situation. Um, and it's something that we've learned, luckily, quite cheap lessons. Um, and we've learned from our very experienced investment committee and advisory board. Um, and it's, it's really stood us in good stead. Okay. So now we've talked about where the money goes to, but where the money comes from is what our community is really interested in. Uh, so how much uh, do you need to have to make the investment? Because clearly you're getting a really good return and you can tell us what the yields are like uh, in British pounds. And the benefit being that you're taking RANDs, which we know are high risk as far as weakening is concerned, but you are then st uh, having them uh, in hard currency, which will have its own benefits and own appreciation. So just take us through that from a investor's perspective. So, so look, as an investor into Westbrook Yield Plus, so Westbrook Yield Plus is a Jersey domicile fund. Um, it's, a, it's a public fund, so it's administered and, and regulated in Jersey. Um, it is what they call an expert fund. So any investor who's deemed a professional investor um, can invest. And typically, those are increments of over $100,000 or the currency equivalent. Um, that investment goes into the entire portfolio. So you're getting a, a diversified portfolio of, of, loan, of, of loan instruments that are generating a yield to investors net of all fees and costs. 
of somewhere between 9 and 10% in pounds in this environment. And really, as a fund, we aim to deliver somewhere between cash plus 4 to cash plus 6, there and thereabouts, um, which at the moment is, uh, is, is in that range. So we're delivering within that target range. That's a very juicy yield. Yeah, I think it's uh, look, it's a it's a compelling yield for the environment you're in, um, but we are in a bit of a disequilibrium in the capital markets, where debt yields in the UK seem to be returning on a risk-adjusted basis, probably better than the equivalent equity returns on a risk-adjusted basis. And how much do you need as a minimum? To make an investment. Is that the $100,000 that you're talking about? So if you were coming as an individual, yes, it would be $100,000. If you're coming through a wealth manager or an advisor, then it can be lower. And you can speak to your wealth manager or advisor um, about that. And they will, they, you know, they will give you the best course of action and allocate it as part of your overall portfolio allocation. Um, and we generally see um, us being part of what we call the alternative fixed income bucket where wealth managers are allocating on behalf of clients. So your financial advisor then would presumably put together a number of clients to get to that $100,000 or maybe even two financial advisors who would work on it. Correct. There's no no minimum from the financial advisor perspective. They would be deemed professional, so they can increment in smaller amounts. Um, But again, I think best to speak to your financial advisor if you are interested. Um, And then we can discuss what the right allocation is with them um, as a portion of, as a percentage of your portfolio. How big is your client base from South Africa, given the attraction of a 9 to 10% yield and in hard currency? Yeah, Alec, we've been very fortunate. We've got a very strong supporter base from South Africa. Um, that stems across from um, uh, aspirational high net worth, high net worth family office and institutional wealth management relationships. Um, we have over 350 uh, South African investors in the fund, uh, ranging from investments of that $100,000 or slightly below, um, all the way up to multi-million pound uh, investors. So only one bad debt in the last Only one. Years. Yeah, it hurts. Um, we still have a chance of recovery, actually. You, we can talk about that. But yeah, it's it's something that uh, we take very seriously and you know, uh, it, it, it hurts us a lot. Hurt me personally. What's the market like now in the UK? Are you finding that the demand for uh, the kind of finance that Westbrook can offer is growing? Yes. Uh, yes, for two reasons, I guess. One, the market the market is more stressed, right? Uh, you know, interest rates, inflation, we, we talked about this, I think, a few times, but the market is in a much more stressed environment. Um, banks as uh, like as in as in history are retracting from certain areas um, of the market so capital constraints are making the demand for capital more valuable and obviously as a capital provider we get you know we, we're becoming more relevant from that perspective the other side is as we've grown as a business we're becoming much more relevant from like a quantum of lending perspective so when we started, we were lending increments of you know two hundred and fifty thousand to a million pounds. Now we're lending in you know much larger increments, and that to them it opens up a much larger market, and we are much more relevant to the advisors and to the sponsors that play within that market. It would sound like you'd also start competing more with 
the banks. If you're going more than a million pound loans uh, and even higher than that, in the past, the potential borrowers would have only gone to the banks, but now they can talk to you too. Yeah, so our, we, we, our typical kind of funding size now is between five and 15 million pounds. That's where we're aiming to to deploy capital. Um, a, you're getting a better sponsor. You're getting generally a better asset as security. Your cash flows are more robust. So as we move up in size, it's it's actually lower risk in, in many ways. So we are definitely uh, doing that. From a competition standpoint, look, you're always competing in the UK. Um, we have a saying that there's no such thing as an off-market deal in the UK. Um, the, the market share is very um, advised. It's either got a corporate finance sponsor or a debt advisor that's generally running a process. Um, we, t- we try and stay out of those processes as best we can, but ultimately you have to play um, You have to play within those. Um, and, and we do bump up against the banks. We offer very different products. We're much more flexible. We're much faster. Uh, we look at things more commercially. We can play in different areas of the capital stack, you know, and we can stretch. So we are much more partner-driven um, rather than transactional-focused. Um, and what we tend to see is we have repeat sponsors and repeat borrowers. Um, and once they know how we operate, um, they appreciate it, despite us being probably 10 to 20% more expensive than the, than the traditional lenders out there. Yeah, that, that's the the big thing, I guess, as far as the borrowers or the investors, let's call them, are concerned from South Africa. They want to get the high yield. They want to get hard currency, but they also don't want to lose their money. Um, is the investment made spread across the whole portfolio or do you make individual loans? Or in, in other words, are you tied to one individual loan? No. So the investors get a full spread of every loan that we do in the Westbrook Hill Plus portfolio. I think that's if that's the question that you're, you're asking. Um, look, in this environment, our, like our job here is not to take capital loss risk. And, and often, you know, we would take other risk, right? Duration risk being one of them, right? which is you may lend on a deal that you think will last two years and they may pay you back in a year. Correspondingly, they may need another three or six month extension. So you're playing around with different types of risks in an environment where there is a bit of uncertainty. Um, our focus, Alec, though, is, is on probabilistic outcomes, right? And I think the challenge we have is, as, as investment professionals is that forecasts, forecasts are always wrong, right? Like that. They forecast for a reason. So we can't focus on one specific forecast or one specific set of assumptions. We need to focus on the probabilities of gain or loss under various scenarios and make sure that the probabilities and the outcomes of those are reasonable and that in any scenario that we think is potential, we are protected from a capital standpoint. And if we can do that, we're doing our job correctly. The return on top, right, is is a bonus, right? So my first and foremost job is not losing capital for investors. My second job is to compound that for their families over time, slowly and surely, right? And in this environment, we're actually quite fortunate because, you know, where base rates are, we're actually lending lower down the risk curve in some respects. I'd rather take a 10% uh, yield on a deal where the risk is far lower than a 12% yield because 10% is still a really nice return for investors. Um, so it does give us a little bit more flexibility. Um, so 
Yeah. And, and then, you know, from our side, you know, we talk a lot about in our business, the concept of asymmetry and, and, you know, asymmetry really, I mean, it, it works both ways, but we really want it like skewed to, to the positive where the, the chance of, or the probability of downside of, of having a, a, a poor outcome is lower and the, the chance of having a superior outcome is higher. And you do that through various ways of mitigating risk. And everything we look at is with that lens. And how do we get an asymmetric outcome? How do we secure it differently? How do we get security over the cash flows? How do we wrap up the, the borrower with the sponsor with secondary collateral or guarantees or other assets that he may have in, in their portfolio? How do we make sure that no matter what event happens, right, and no matter what shock comes to the system, we are protected and our investors are protected? And I think just from, from that standpoint, you know, we are, you know, between 15 and 20% of the fund ourselves is Westbrook management and shareholders. So this is our family's money. Um, and we will do everything in our power to protect our family's capital. So very much aligned to, to our investors from that standpoint. Richard Asherson is with Westbrook Alternative Asset Management. Leave the complexity to them. They've got their own money with you, as he's explained, and a really good yield for South Africans looking to invest in a hard currency, somewhere between 9 and 10%. I'm Alec Hogg from BusinessNews.com.